Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. The Crows have had a couple of very, very good number 26s. Of course, Mark Pickley, the, the captain, the dual captain, and Richard Douglas walked for over 200 games too, and uh, obviously played in a lot of showdowns, and it is a showdown week, yep. so we thought, who, who can we get uh, for the Crows? Uh, we had Dean Brogan last night. Dougie would have played against him, but we've uh, got Richard Douglas. Hi, Dougie. How are you? Afternoon, boys. Yeah, really well. How are you guys? Good to speak with you. Um, the showdown, um, from your perspective, now, you, now you've retired and that look back on them, uh, are they upper knots from a normal game and somewhere between a normal game and a final, you think? Oh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, no, there's certainly upper notch or two. I was, uh, I was lucky enough to debut in a showdown and... Um, Coming from Victoria as a young lad, I didn't know too much about it. You obviously hear about it a bit on, on TV and whatnot, but not until you experience it. It's quite incredible and lucky enough to play in over, I think, over 20 in the end. But 22, actually. 22, 22, 22, mate. Was it? Yeah. Last, yeah, half a dozen or so. We're just fantastic games. And, you know, that's continued on, you know, as close as you know, the last time we've seen it. Well. So I don't know what it is about them, but they're just fantastic contests. And the state gets behind it. We love it, don't we? Yeah, we spoke with Brogan last night, and he said back in his day... Um, they really did hate hate um, on the field the crows. I reckon things have changed, but they don't seem to be as as spiteful. I suppose you can't do what you could do twenty years ago either. But um, yeah, from your perspective, did you know many of the the Port Adelaide boys when you're playing throughout your career? Oh, you can't help but cross paths with them, given you in Adelaide and it's a, a small city. But honestly, you don't tend to spend really any time with them outside of footy. We're not mates. We we see each other. Yep. I guess that appearances or, you know, sporting events and whatnot. But, um, you know, we don't really like them as a club, do we? <laughs> you know, and, and we like to beat them. There's no doubt of that and have the bragging rights. But um, we certainly respect the way they go about it. And they've had some fantastic players and just a great rivalry. But we certainly love getting one up. I'm no doubt about that. But, yeah, just mentioned the hatred. It's, just, it's probably gone past that a bit and just become a, a great respected rivalry. Yeah, Richard, I did look that up today. Round 21 in 2006 was your first game in a showdown. That would have been, as you mentioned, a bit of an eye-opener. But you did play in 22, and you had 10 wins and 12 losses. So you're to blame for why the Crows are just that one game behind, mate. It's your era. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I thought, thanks for bringing that up. I yeah. thought my record was better than that. So. No. Well, there you go. Now, I think we won our last uh, four or five against them, two possibly. So, gee whiz, my record might have been quite poor before that, so I didn't know that stat. I thought I was on a positive ledger, so I'm a bit glad you mentioned that, Malcolm. Yeah, no, well, I, as I said, I looked it up today, and yeah. it said uh, R. Douglas playing against Port Adelaide, 22 games, 10 wins, 12 losses, and you've got to go oh, with those go. stats, don't you, because that's in the in the Bible, mate. But anyhow, hey, listen, you've had a number yeah. of coaches. Did, did the coaches approach it differently? Did some of them get a bit up, some of them a bit down, some of them just played it low-key? What, what actually, how did the coaches go that you ended up being with? Yeah, that's yeah, good question. I remember Craigie was just business as usual, I think, just pretty stock standard. He 
internally they had a really strong rivalry with uh, Choco. So they he really wanted to personally have a good day in the box and get one over Choco. There's no doubt about that. But he sort of was a bit more just another game, boys. But let's embrace it. Um, Sando tried to get a bit more emotional and and build it up and. I remember he specifically, you know, picked play, matched players against players. He often got into Brad Crouch, and you're going to compare yourself against Ollie Wines for the next, you know, 10 years, and he'd try and really fire it up 1v1 against, you know, your particular opponent. And we know what Walsh was like. He was just, boys, it's war. We're going to war. <laughs> yeah. Us versus them, we, we hate them. And, yeah, obviously, he had spent a lot of time at Port as well, so he had a great respect for him. But he tried to build it up as a final. And Pikey, uh, it's probably just business as usual in uh, Dom's sort of way. So every coach, as you said, had a different approach. But I did really enjoy the build-ups and the way the coaches would try and um, in, engage the rivalry. And, you know, obviously we don't always get to play finals every year. But this is a great way to practice yourself against that finals-type, you know, pressure. So I always look forward to those games and seeing who stands up and plays well. Dougie, you're just out of the game. And you, as Bloody said, you debuted in 2006, which 16 years ago. Was footy better, you reckon... In those early times, they made so many changes to the game every year. I reckon they tinker the rules. We get annoyed. The players get annoyed. Spectators get annoyed. Do you think footy was played in a better way 10, 15 years ago? Or is it, is it hard for you to make an assessment like that? Yeah, it is interesting. I think the one rule that has helped the game is the 6-6-6 rule. Outside of that, I don't think too much has. Um, I love the fact that from a CB, they cannot drop players behind the footy. I think that's as a smaller forward, certainly helps. Um, but I think the game evolves over time and, and players adapt and coaches change the game more than any sort of rule. You know, coaches are so smart. They spend so much time behind a, a desk. They find loophole, loopholes and ways to counteract rules. So I think we just leave it and let the game evolve naturally. And, and that's when footy's at its best. It's a, it's a mistake. You know, the game's all about mistakes. We play with an oval-shaped ball. So I don't think we should be seeking perfection Um you know, mistakes do sell papers, and that's what it's all about. And they, so let's leave it at that. I think. I look at a guy like D Mac. Got everything out of his career, and he, he had a few injuries early on. But uh, you guys work so hard. It's such a physical game. Um, did, did you in, did you enjoy that part? I mean, uh, it's it's a business now. Footy really is a business and a big one. Um, did you enjoy the the grind and the physical stuff? Was that Dougie, or were you, and some guys like it? Some guys find it a bit tougher. Yeah. No, I did enjoy it. I certainly, when I played my best, I enjoyed it. I, um, when the games got a little bit spiteful or heated, I felt um, more engaged in the game and it, it fired me up and I think that brought out the better stuff in me. Um, but probably towards the back end of the last year of my career, I struggled with that side of things. It's not that I didn't want to go out and get hurt, but I didn't enjoy the, the hits and the whacks and, and getting up as much. So that was probably a good sign that I was done. Um, but you're right, it, it is such a physical game. And I know the boys now going into round 23, they'll be sore and, and probably looking forward to a, a bit of a break and saying that obviously we would love to be playing finals. But um, it, it does take its toll. And particularly for the Crows, it's such a young side. We've seen a close like Rochelle, you've struggled in the back end of the year, given how physical the game is. So it's um, as physical as ever. Yeah, it certainly is. Hey, you, look, you've won the best in Ferris in 2010. David, what was the name of that medal again? Like, what was it oh, called? Malcolm Blight. <laughs> oh, that's Some right. Guy yeah, played, yeah. Played yeah. In the where, where, whereabouts do you keep that, Richard? At home? Where do you, is that in a prized possession place somewhere? Well, I can't say. In the, I can't say in the stock now, can I, buddy? <laughs> now I've uh, I bought a little uh, trophy cabinet, and I just 
a bit self-indulgent, but I thought I'd put a few of my little trophies and memorabilia in there. That probably when the, you know my young fellas old enough can show him and tell him how good it was. Not that he'll believe me, but <laughs> no, it's just I stuck away there, so um, it's a nice one to, yeah, to no, have. And, um, I'm sure he will, yeah. but uh, yeah, I've, I've I've got a I've got the biggest garage you've ever seen for all that stuff, mate. No one looks at it. <laughs> I, I shouldn't have said that. That's going to end up somewhere. I shouldn't have said it. I can also say. You, uh, you're a runner-up in 13, and, and the thing that a lot of people forget, you were fifth in the best and fairest in 2017, the grand final year. So, I mean, you had a wonderful time. Now, I was going to bring you the next question is, why didn't you win a showdown medal? Did, were you robbed of it? <laughs> no, no, I think um, I was close a couple of times, but uh, no, I probably, I don't know. That's a good question. I'll have to, I saw Stolz him, and he saw yeah, Stolz through, him I mean, all. He's pretty good in the showdowns, and um, no, I thought I played some games in showdowns, but uh, you, you got to be pretty good to be BAG. So it was uh, more of a quiet achiever and just uh, went about me work. Dougie, when you played for so long, the adjustment post-football, and he went to Nord, but uh, that wouldn't be quite the, the demands of, of playing for the Crows. I bet you your wife and, uh, and family are happy to have you more around. But is it a, does it take a bit of time when you've been training at the club four times a week playing and then you go into... See what I do on a Monday or Tuesday. How have you found it? Yeah, it's certainly it, transitioning is a thing. It's it's a challenge, probably more so with the identity stuff. But I think for me, you know, you, whether it's a good or bad thing, you pin a lot of your identity as a young kid and stick to your career on football, and you you let your mood dictate by how you, how you perform on a weekend. So um, that's probably not a great thing in saying that. But I really enjoyed the constant feedback, the week-to-week examination, which you get in AFL industry. Yep. Um, when you move into a different line of work, you just go about your business and not too many people tell you how you're doing. So you actually crave that constant feedback, which you don't get. So that's, that's probably a challenge in, in your working life and, and how you're going. You know, you don't, see, you don't actually get that, um, whether it be positive or negative. Um, so... Missing out on that um, that feedback, I'll miss a little bit. But, yeah, just adjusting to normal life and the nine-to-five grind. Um, just trying to, you know, keep moving into things that I'm passionate about and staying connected to football and, and people that are at the club. So, it's certainly uh, it's a different thing when you've been in the game for 14 years and um, something that the AFL and clubs need to keep looking to improve and assisting guys on their way out. Richard, I, you know that. What you just said then, I think... One of the most cleverest things I've seen, that identity crisis after, you know, when you've been to the mountain and come back down again. Do the players... I know the Players Association put lots of programs out there, but but is this part of the program going forward for blokes retiring? I think it's a really important subject, that identity theft is what mm-hmm. we called it. And it is. It's very hard for some blokes to... And, and women. It's going to be the same for the girls shortly when you've been on a yeah. pedestal. Yeah. Have you have you written a, a? This sounds funny, but I would write a thesis on that by Richard Douglas to the Players Association to start looking at this going forward. Yeah, and that is, it's I've spoken a few guys that have uh, exited the system, and particularly if you don't achieve, you know, what you wish you did. And I think, you know, a lot of guys can still win premierships and still walk away feeling a little bit empty. They, you know, as as athletes, you always want more, don't you? Like that's what what drives you. Um, you need that to become better and you know, to, to go out each week and, and look to be better. So you're never quite satisfied. Um, but I've also had some chats with some return servicemen and, and they have the same sort of experiences. You know, they, they leave the the army 
Air Force or Navy, whatever it may be, and they, they finish and, you know, they move into their next line of work and they, you know, trying to find that identity. So it's a, it's a real challenge. Um, the, the AFL, PA are aware of it. Uh, it's not something you unfortunately experience or fortunately experience, I should say, until you leave the game. But it's hard to recognise that in the latter part of your career and putting things in place because you're, you're still in the in the midst of it. So um, I've just been trying to, you know, speak with some older players that might be transitioning out of the club and, and share my story a little bit um, and pass on some experiences because it's, uh, it can become a challenge, particularly when you've got family and kids and you've got responsibilities as a man to provide for a family. Yeah, a couple of quick ones. Uh, the best crow you've played with in your time and who's been your toughest opponent? Well, our best teammate. So I had Andrew McLeod at the back end of his career. He was yeah. uh, just incredible. It was a really unique experience. Obviously, watching him in 97, 98, as a kid, how good he was, and then to play with him at the end was fantastic. And Paddy Dangerfield, we had him for the first half of his career, was uh, incredible. And I think he's playing 300 swiggers, and he's so good on Paddy for that. Um, and again, oh, tough to go past a couple. Gary Ablett, Scott Pendlebury, mm. um, <laughs> you know, Joel Salwood, they're pretty special players. All now, different, but all champions. Now, you're filling in for Blighty next week. We play a game Tuesday, true or false. I want you to ask this honestly. Is this true or is this myth? <laughs> Steve, Stephen Rose says, when he saw you as a young player, you had a fantastic game. Of, I think it must have been... You were at Glenelg, weren't you? I was, yeah. Yeah, and you come off a 30 or 40 possession game. He said, if, he said Doug, if you had many of these, these sort of games, 30 or 40... And you say, mate, and you said, every week. Every week in the juniors, I had it with you. Every week. And he sort of, Robbie said he was quite taken aback. You're only telling the truth. Is that tr- any truth in that, or has he put a bit of mayo on it? It's probably true, but I think only a young fellow. Robbie didn't know me at that stage. That was probably my dry wit coming through, and uh, I was taking the mickey a little bit. But uh, he said, I did say it with a straight face, but I was having a bit of a laugh, I think, with him, but he thought Bl- I was serious. Bloody, you call that truish, don't you? Yeah, just truish. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Enjoy your week in the chair here, mate. It's. Uh, it's, it's pretty lonely sometimes. You, you know, you've got to stand here with D.L. Wildey and, and cop the lot. He, he comes hard at you sometimes, but, but I'm sure you'll handle it. No, I look forward to it. Big shoes to fill, obviously, but I'll, I'll have a go. See you, Dougie. Thanks, mate. Cheers. Good on you, boys. Take care. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.